Song Salad with Shannon and Scott. Welcome to Song Salad with Shannon and Scott. I'm Shannon. And I'm Scott. And together, we're we're reptilians. Oh my god! Shannon has never been more excited to record an episode of this podcast. I truly, truly have not. And that is not to say that I have not loved all of our guest births over the years. We've had pretty amazing and varied guest births. Yes, including my husband. But (laughs) today... You've only married one of our guest births so far. So far. No, today we are over the moon to have host and creator... An all-around cool dude of the Chameleon Breeder podcast, Bill Strand. Uh, on an earlier episode of this show, <laughs> I don't remember which episode number, uh, Shannon revealed to me that this <laughs> podcast existed. <laughs> How did you find it on Instagram? Yeah, so I yeah, so I I was on Instagram and I noticed that someone liked one of my photos and it was like a little like iguana picture and i was like that's weird and then i clicked on the account and it was actually a chameleon and then on that chameleon's account a chameleon breeder podcast had liked one of their pictures pictures. and i was like oh podcasts i like podcasts (laughs) so i clicked on their account typical internet k-hole you know exactly uh and so then looking at their instagram i noticed that they had like six thousand followers right and then i went to their itunes and they had way more reviews than we had (laughs) and i think what i said to you was like we're literally a podcast about all music right ever yeah and we are not as popular (laughs) podcast. and and so Uh, i i remember i posted about in the produce section and people were like start a beef with them or like whatever as a joke and then I actually started listening to it and I kind of got like really enchanted with it. Yeah. Um, and I think you'll see why when we talk to Bill, because he's just such a he's just so genuine mm-hmm. in his love of these little animals. And extremely, it really comes across. Yeah, extremely knowledgeable, extremely yeah. enthusiastic. Yes. Uh, and you can tell it's it's a lifelong passion yeah. for him. So And nice. And like and all the people he has on the show, like all his guest experts, are also so nice and so, so passionate. Yeah. So we're here on this episode to find out what makes the chameleon breeding community so friendly. Yeah. Like what's in the water that they're misting all over themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um and so our topic will of course be determined by Bill. What if he picks something expertise. that's unrelated to chameleons? <laughs> He's like, I love model trains. We've done that. The Bill. 1992 Dodgers are my right. favorite <laughs> baseball team. Let's just do that. Um, but we're still going to randomize the genre and then we'll surprise Bill with what the genre is. And then write a song like we do here on Song Salad. Yes. Random topic, random style of music. And it makes a song salad. And we get those random genre and topics by spinning the salad spinner, which comes from you, our loyal listeners. It's a suggestion of some impression or sound or funny thing that you make us do. And we legally have to do it. Yes. Uh, This week's salad spinner comes from... 
Boop. Claire Dixon. New salad spinner suggestion. Your best Miss Vanji. Miss Vanji? If you don't know it, I like you both a lot less. <laughs> well, judging by your uh, question of the pronunciation, I think we don't know it. Well, we definitely don't know it, but I do know what it is. Like, I know that she was a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Much. Okay. So, again, we talked about uh, last week with our bitch track, or two weeks ago with our bitch track, that neither of us watched RuPaul's Drag Race, which is incredibly off brand. But we'll binge all of it that exists at some point. Yeah, sure. no worries. We absolutely will when we run out of um, HBO and Marble Olympics. Yes. Um, but she wants our Miss Vanji impression. So mm. should we look it up and then try to do it or should we just <laughs> wing it? I think in our tradition of these salad spinners, we should probably wing it and then see how close we got. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Chameleon changing colors. <laughs> okay, I went with just saying <laughs> I'm Miss Vanjie. I was a trying weird to come voice. up with like a phrase. Oh, come up with a phrase? So I said something about chameleons because it's the only thing in my brain right now. Great. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Let's just spin, please. <laughs> Ben. And then we'll look up what she actually sounds like. Yeah. Miss Vanji. Miss Vanji. Miss Vanji. Ooh, what's that? What's that sound? It's a quiet storm, Shannon. Quiet storm. Did you have any idea that quiet storm was a music genre? I did not. I doubt that many of our listeners knew that this was a music genre. Yeah, but it turns out it's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's everything you need. It's everything you want. It really is. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, let's talk about Quiet Storm. Quiet this is Storm. a radio format, so meaning kind of like a curated collection that would have been played on the radio. Yep. And super genre, a contemporary R&B jazz fusion and pop music characterized by understated mellow dynamics mm. slow tempos yeah. and relaxed rhythms yeah it was pioneered <laughs> in the mid 70s by melvin Lindsay, while he was an intern at the washington dc radio station whurfm mm -hmm. the format was named after the title song of Smokey robinson's 1975 album a quiet storm yeah i think we'll probably use that as our example Absolutely. or maybe one of our examples if we do multiple there here. are so many good songs in this genre so yeah. what are we really talking about yeah. with this we are talking about music that was popular with baby boomers from mm -hmm. the mid-1970s mm -hmm. to the early 1990s. It was a shift in the sound of R&B at the time. So these quiet storm songs in most cases were devoid of any significant political commentary and maintained a strict aesthetic and narrative distance from issues relating to black urban life. Uh, and it should be noted that the listening audience was mainly, quote, upscale urban African-Americans. Uh, so... We, again, are not the right people to be <laughs> <laughs> performing this genre. But we can seriously appreciate it. 
Yes. So while you might think of like rap and hip hop and some R&B geared like toward the younger generation, this is going to be geared toward the older generation. Yes. So these were slow, soulful, slow jams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the artists were people such as Anita Baker, Luther Vandross, Sade, Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye, Barry White, Smokey Robinson, oh. all of those like classic, like 70s, 80s, slow jamming, soulful, ooh and ah and let's get it on and yeah. slow jams. <laughs> no grit, all groove. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. We wanted to, with the, we wanted, they wanted. <laughs> we I, I just like, I feel part storm. of this. Uh, they wanted to take the traditional grit out of R&B and shift the focus to sexual activities. <laughs> baby making music chameleon baby making music (laughs) oh my gosh so other titles you might have heard of a house is not a home luther vandross always and forever luther vandross sexual healing marvin gay um if only you knew patty labelle and also just to get a little better sense of uh, the style here music journalist jason king wrote sensuous and pensive Quiet Storm is seductive R&B, marked by jazz flourishes, smooth grooves, and tasteful lyrics about intimate subjects. As disco gave way to the urban contemporary format out at the outset of the 1980s, Quiet Storm expanded beyond radio to emerge as a broad catch-all supergenre. So, very appropriate for the Chameleon <laughs> Breeder podcast. Yes, true. You got to like get the chameleons in the mood somehow. And we should ask Bill what kind of music chameleons are most likely to breed while listening to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This is great. I could not have asked for a better genre for this song. I don't think. I I agree. I can't wait to write a sexy slow jam. I know. (laughs) I know. And I wish I could sing as well as Smokey Robinson and Luther Vandross, but we'll do our best. So let's get some examples and play them for you. And then we're going to talk to Bill Strand from the Chameleon Breeder podcast. Sure. So let's definitely listen to Quiet Storm, for which the genre was named. For show. From uh, Smokey Robinson in 1975. Let's also listen to, let's do Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye from 1982. I think uh, 
we have a good grasp on what this genre contains. A soft grasp. A soft grasp, yes. You don't want to hold it a too hard. A gentle grasp. Hard. Uh, when you think of this genre's instrumentation, uh, vocals are the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, very you know, powerful, intimate vocals, passionate vocals, I would say synthesizers and keyboards piano a lot of times uh orchestral sounds like strings but a lot of times those were done with synthesizers yeah uh both live drums and electronic drums you know in the 80s sometimes there were those big like do 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 toms and stuff yeah so maybe those and then also horn sections a lot of times to give it that r&b kind of groove Mm -hmm. and as uh was mentioned in the wikipedia article also some jazz influences so that's the ensemble I'll be going for. And vocally speaking, lots of uh, background vocal stuff too going yes. on. So, so usually like ready. a solo singer and then supported by back- background vocals. Yeah. And I think part of that comes from gospel influence too. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, lyrically, how are you going to <laughs> relate this? Well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> but uh, I mean, lyrically, in terms of characteristics of this genre, what are you going to focus on? Yeah, I mean, it's it's about being close to other people. Sure. Right. And like, even though the lyrics aren't necessarily sexually explicit, they right. certainly allude. to. There's being, a lot of double entendre. Yeah. Right? And they allude to being with people. I mean, sexual healing is just straight out sexual healing sure but um <laughs> but it but it's also but it's not crude ever it's no. it's about it's about enjoying and like kind of like languishing and relishing the closeness right so we just have to figure out what that is for chameleons yeah and it's also not not <clears throat> about like sex with anyone it's like yeah i'm talking to you the listener yes about what i'm gonna do with you yes. not to you yes no it is it is very it is very specific yeah about a beloved yes yes for sure and chameleons yeah <laughs> all right okay. well uh when we come back we will be with bill strand from the chameleon breeder podcast here we go <laughs> So we are so pleased to be here today with Bill Strand from the Chameleon Breeder Podcast. Thank you, Bill. Hi, Bill. Oh, I love being here. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> you know, it could be twice in a yeah, lifetime if you want to come back. right, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm lucky. <laughs> so you've, if, if you're listening to this and you are a uh, not a new listener of Song Salad, you've heard us talk a little bit about the Chameleon Breeder podcast before because I was dorking out about it um, probably back in like, I don't know, the winter sometime when I first stumbled upon it. And then kind of realized I was a little obsessed with it. Um, and I talked about it to all of you. And it was just kind of like a, oh, haha, look at this very, very niche community that I've kind of stumbled across, even though it has nothing to do with my daily life. <laughs> but um, it was just like a really uh, a bright spot of um, support and passion. And I'm I'm all for people who are passionate about something sharing that with the world so uh if you wouldn't mind just talking a little bit about how you found this passion and and why chameleons oh this started when i was a little kid and like many kids i just loved dinosaurs and i really just never grew out of it (laughs) and if you got i mean i i loved reptiles and uh, but none of them really grabbed me 
until mm. I ran across a chameleon. And you mean like physically grabbed you? I, well, <laughs> you know, they always scratched me. Only the chameleon yeah. grabbed me. I just wouldn't let go. But uh, I mean, you got this thing. It's essentially a prime primeval tree dragon. And <laughs> it's got the three horns. And I mean, this is an incredible creature. Uh, it's it's like nothing on Earth. And from that point that I knew that one existed, uh, it just became an obsession that's probably about seventh grade is that when you got your first pet chameleon when you were in seventh grade oh no it took until i think eighth no no it was seventh grade yes yes but that that was quite a story because uh, i had decided that chameleons were my life and so of course when you're in seventh grade you got to run it by the authorities Uh and so (laughs) i i told my parents this is it chameleons i need a chameleon uh, but they had looked at all the reptiles that I had had before. Of course, it's a journey to find your life passion, isn't it? <laughs> yes. We think yeah. they would understand this, but uh, they yeah. saw it as just one more thing. And uh, so they essentially said, no, we've had enough, which led me to my first political campaign, <laughs> um, where I then convinced my entire seventh grade class, because we had this little student government thing, to vote for us all getting a class pet. Oh, and wow. smart. Very smart. <laughs> I went through every person. I campaigned for this to the point where everybody went home. They got a dollar from their parents. And yes, we got a chameleon as a class pet. Um, wow. Now, yeah, that's I, grassroots I was, right there. I was actually pretty clever. I assumed that everybody was going to get tired of it. And I knew that summer was going to come up and it had to go home with somebody (laughs) thus my poor parents were sitting there trying to figure out how they had said no you can't have a chameleon yet here there was one sitting in their living room yeah (laughs) i wish i were that smart in seventh grade (laughs) and i was just pleased as punch i was so happy and that that's really what started it that's fantastic and and what was the name of this first chameleon oh my goodness i i don't know. I, I'm embarrassed to say I really don't name chameleons. It was a Triosaurus oh. Jacksonized Anthelophus female. That's a um, catchy name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it you rolls know, right off the tongue. We just uh, shorten it to, hey, get the chameleon. <laughs> That's great. Uh, That's a very good story. Yeah, although my wife makes me name chameleons these days, so I, I don't refer to them by their species and subspecies. You know, ultra dorky. Sure. Right. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit snappier, I guess. Uh, So when so when did your love of owning a chameleon translate into wanting to breed chameleons? Well, the thing about female Jackson's chameleons, which is what I had, is they are live bearing. And they okay, biology lesson, kids, uh, they retain (laughs) They can retain sperm. So even if you don't have a male, two years later, you could have babies. And uh, this one did have babies. Whoa. Two and, years, really? Yeah. Wow. yeah they, just, they just store it and get it ready for the next season. And huh. whenever their body says it's time, it's time. And all of a sudden, you walk downstairs, and your one chameleon cage now has 20 in it. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a, it's a very common occurrence in the chameleon community. And I actually have a podcast episode dedicated to the panic that you feel 
Um, right. <laughs> Scott, but, I think Scott I, listened to that one. I checked it out uh, today, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, it The title is something like uh, Surprise Chameleon Babies, Yay Yikes. That's exactly <laughs> the stages you go through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at that. That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. What do I do? Yeah. And yeah. Well, I bet. They are so small. I mean, how do you find food like that? <laughs> uh, see them. Uh, not, I mean, obviously, I know how to do it now, right. but uh, yeah, back then, and when you first uh, encounter it, it's not that easy. So, but once you actually see one of those little googly-eyed tree dragons perching on the tip of your finger, you're wondering how in the world can something be so small and you are now a dragon breeder and uh, <laughs> you can never go back from that moment. Their eyes are just so big. They're just looking at you. And of course their eyes are going all over the place, but uh, it, right. it just grabs you. Yeah. You, you're done. That. That's <laughs> so cool. So I, uh, I listened to another episode of yours. See, I, I'm a little later to the game than Shannon was in, in listening to you, but um, <laughs> I, I, I really love the the style of your podcast, and just like Shannon said, how uh, supportive you are and how reaffirming you are in your your knowledge and your the information you have that lets people think, okay, I can do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard one episode uh, where a listener sent you a question by email uh, related to whether or not their chameleon loved them. Do you remember this? Uh, Yes. And you had a fantastic and thorough answer about uh, chameleons and animals that don't uh, come from uh, packs and whether or not that means they can love and whether comfort is equal to to love and all that. Would you mind uh, just for our listeners explaining a little bit about your thoughts on chameleons and whether or not they can love? This will be uh, relevant later, I promise. Oh, oh, okay, but yeah. Um, yeah, I got to warn you and every all the listeners, it's not very romantic. It's <laughs> um, okay. But the 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 whole thing behind love and being able to uh, uh, bond with another member of your species is that there there's a survival reason for it. And when you create packs or families or schools, there's a survival reason for it. We human beings, we create communities because we're pretty pitiful on our own. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're really not able to defend ourselves with just our body. I mean, you look at this, it's pretty ridiculous. A uh, lion looks at that and says, oh my goodness, hors d'oeuvre. And so yeah. <laughs> uh, we need community to uh, to survive. And because we uh, develop these huge brains, well, it takes eight, well, okay, maybe about 14 years for us to get big enough to where we can actually do something on our own. So that requires a very strong community structure. And so uh, we have chemicals in our brains that fire off that give us, uh, they give us rewards when we do things that uh, bring the community together. The serotonin uh, it makes uh, it makes us feel good when we do something that's good for the community. Mm-hmm. Oxytocin makes us feel good when we have that connection with another human being that it takes. Uh, and of course, we need that connection to be able to sit around and uh, take care of a kid that just hates our guts. Right. So, uh, <laughs> schools of fish. 
uh, they they congregate because uh, for just for sheer massive numbers, the shark can't get them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the deer, same thing. Uh, they they put uh, family groups together, and one looks out for the rest, like meerkats. They all sit around, and uh, there's some lookouts, and so there's this community structure there that's that there's a benefit because when you have things like you around it's uh it's a drain on resources i mean you got to share your food you got to share your house you got to share the best uh, place to sit in the sun you got to share a bunch of stuff and that's just no fun yeah what and gives so, yeah <laughs> i mean you ever uh live in a uh, be in a family with a bunch of kids well you better be quick to that table or else you're not eating yeah so so there has to be a benefit, a survival benefit. Now, that's a big, long way uh, way around to say chameleons don't have that benefit. Uh, they, as babies, the parents really never see the babies. Uh, the mother of live-bearing species do presumably see the babies, but they all dis- disperse. So there's no family structure that needs to be maintained. They don't stay together for protection. And although in the wild they do interact with each other because they can't help but run into each other and they're all looking for the same branches and they've got a mate. So there is social interaction, but there isn't anything within their brain that has been developed to form strong bonding relationships. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that's really important uh, for me to talk about on the podcast and in the chameleon community is that we humans love to make the world in our image. And so we look at a chameleon and we assume that they can love. And so when they come out of their cage and want to be on our hand, when they fall asleep in our hand, isn't that so cute? Well, no. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that means that the chameleon has given up on life and has decided that it has no hope you're going to eat it. Oh, oh God. no! And the poor beginner keeper is going. Oh, he trusts me so much. <laughs> and oh no, I'm sorry, but you see, this this is the big challenge. The main challenge in keeping chameleons is you've got to put aside your human nature, and you've got to look at the world through the eyes of something completely alien. And we spend our entire life trying to. Uh, figure out what chameleons need, what their life is like, what their environment is like, and try to give that to them in captivity. And and it becomes an obsession that ends up spanning geography, uh, etymology, that's study of insects, and uh, history, and uh, all sorts of uh, herpetology, parasitology, woodworking. I mean, all these things, we've got to understand what they live, uh, where they live, how they live, how they look at the world. And it, it really takes a lifetime. <laughs> we're not there yet. I mean, we're, we're, we're still trying to figure out just their basic nutrition. And I mean, we as humans haven't even figured out human nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, right. Uh, there's just so much to learn. And boy, do we learn and we spend our entire lives just obsessively learning. And and most chameleon keepers end up learning what they know about human nutrition through chameleons. <laughs> do you know the D3 cycle and how it uh, it's required for calcium absorption? Not one bit. No. 
well, the chameleon keeper knows it intimately. And I just did a a three-part podcast series on how to do it because metabolic bone disease, which is just like rickets in humans, is a huge problem in chameleons. And that's because UVB lamps are expensive and some people don't get them. And so without UVB, you don't get vitamin D3 and then the calcium just flitters away uselessly and then your bones become rubbery and it becomes a real mess. Jeez. Well, that's, that's actually one of the things that I like the most about your podcast is that it touches on, it's not just, Oh, cool. Chameleons are awesome. It's not just, here's only how to breed them successfully and get like, you know, maximize, optimize the number of young that you're, that you're getting. It's also not just about like the biology of it. It's kind of a little bit of everything. So you touch on everything from, um, you know, how to, how to run a successful business, like how to market and price your baby chameleons all the way to an episode about mourning the loss of your chameleon. And it really is just like a, a very wide range that covers the entire experience. Um, so that's really fun to kind of take a little peek behind the curtain into. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. The chameleon, uh, loving chameleons is just like a hobby of anything else, art, collecting stamps. It's an expression of who we are as human beings. And when you look at that, you, you just understand that it's, uh, it touches on every aspect of our existence, every aspect of science, because of course, everything's connected in, in the world. And so when you look at it like that, I have every subject imaginable to humans to uh, pick from to, uh, to talk about chameleons. Well, that's one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on our show today, because uh, as you know, with Song Salad, we always take a random article from Wikipedia and make it the topic of our song each week. So we love learning about these interesting topics from around the world, from every aspect of humanity that we may otherwise never come across. Uh, and we were fascinated with what you know about chameleons and everything there is to know about chameleons. <laughs> and we wanted to have you on to give us uh, the topic for our song this week. Is there anything specific to chameleons or chameleon breeding that you wanted to give us as something to write about? Or do you want us to sort of cast a wider net and just write about chameleons in general for you? Well, I had an idea. So I want to run this by you. I was just thinking about the incredible, almost ridiculous lengths we go through to learn about chameleons. Uh, Anything from looking through old manuscripts from old explorers to, uh, to uh, find out what they thought about it, uh, to trying to, I mean, I tracked down some guy in Slovakia and I had to get a <laughs> translator because he was one of the few people who's actually been to Yemen before the civil war happened. And he was in the, the wadis that the veiled chameleon lives in. And it's a very, specific environment there. It's it's a microclimate. And we can't just get numbers off the internet. We have to know what the chameleons are doing during those numbers. Are they out in the afternoon getting the full sun in the afternoon or are they hiding? We've got to create that microclimate. And so we just scour the world looking for all of this like little 
detectives. Hmm. And it's, it's sometimes kind of comical, the lengths we will go through uh, to find that information just so we can uh, make our chameleons happy. Wow. So it is kind of a love story, really. It is a passion, an absolute passion. And because the the focus of this passion is a living creature that has its own feelings and, and they we can communicate and develop relationships with chameleons a lot easier than any other reptile because they change color based on their moods. And mm. so they talk to us. Uh, we can tell. I mean, you can't tell what an iguana is thinking a little bit. I mean, when it bites you or flips <laughs> the tail or they all have their mannerisms and they display and such. But chameleons will show you their very subtle feelings. And so you can just go, walk into a room and you can literally see the chameleon's mood. Is he scared of you? Is he happy to see you? Uh, if you, if he knows that it's dinner time, because they're smart enough to know that, He's going to be really excited to see you when you walk into that room. If you that day were wearing a baseball cap, he may not recognize you and think you're a stranger. And so you walk in the room and he's going to uh, hide away and flash some threatening colors. So mm-hmm. it's we are able to have a very basic but true relationship with our chameleons. That's so neat. Wow. It is, it is a love and passion story. Well... Very appropriate for the genre of music we randomly got today. Would you like to hear about it? Oh, I sure would. (laughs) Have you ever heard of Quiet Storm? No, but I got to admit. (laughs) We uh, had not either. (laughs) The number, uh, your podcast has been incredibly educational, and I have heard of about 10% of these genres that you guys come up with. Yeah. Well, we have another new one for you today, and yeah. it is called Quiet Storm. It is uh, basically all of those great, sexy, soulful R and B ballads from the nineteen seventies <laughs> and eighties by artists like Smokey Robinson, Luther Vandross, uh, Barry White, Anita Baker. Oh, this uh, is perfect. Yeah. So yeah, we we got this genre and we were like, I cannot believe the salad gods have smiled upon us today that we get to write this soulful chameleon baby making music. Uh Goodness. tell the love story of the chameleon community. So uh what we're gonna do for you now is attempt to write this quiet storm song um about the chameleon community and about chameleons and um we're gonna kick you out of the room uh as it were for a little bit while we do this and then um we'll give you a ping whenever we're ready okay okay cool um (laughs) do your magic great we'll text you soon sounds good all right okay bye we are back we're back with bill strand from chameleon breeder podcast and Boy, did we write a song, <laughs> a quiet storm song. Um, Bill, we took your suggestion and we, the song is a love letter to chameleons from the chameleon community. And, and it's about, <laughs> it's about how far they will go for their yeah. 
their little friends. Yeah, the it, lengths they're willing to go to, exactly as you said. Yeah. It's sounding pretty accurate so far. Great. <laughs> um, so we've got for you today two verses and a chorus, and then we did like a great classic repeat and fade kind of chorus at the end. <laughs> uh, we've got lead vocal and then some fun um, background vocals, true to the style. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to read you the lyrics. All right. Here we go. Uh, and I, I tried to, you can tell me how good of a student I have been because I've tried to incorporate some terms and some things I know that you need to do. Oh, really? For okay. Your, your chameleon. So okay. here we go. Listen to her. She's, think, she's saying things I know you need to do. Yeah. She's very <laughs> confident. <laughs> Maybe too confident. Probably too confident. Uh, we might have to issue a correction on this song. The first, <laughs> the first ever song salad correction. Yeah. Well, you know, the chameleon community is pretty passionate and we want to make sure that there is no torches or pitchforks involved in the future. Yeah, exactly. We'll get some tweets. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. From the Madagascan lowlands to the Sri Lankan isle, from Africa to Yemen and back, I'd endure a bite or two and even track your poo so you can have a gut loaded snack. <laughs> that is so perfect. Great. Good so far. That Good is so what far. we do. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad we've hit the nail on the oh, head. Oh gosh, it's so true. <laughs> so here, uh, so the the chorus really hits home. Why? So the chorus is because you're my modern day magic dragon, lovely lizard of my heart. What I wouldn't do to get a sweet look from you, even just one eye, is a start. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Good. So, <laughs> so verse two we get a little a little more technical too uh from your zygodactyl toes to your prehensile tail your extrudable tongue makes me swoon grip wow. me like a branch and i'll revamp your lamps i promise i won't make you spoon <laughs> what the- <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> now so, she she made up the word zygodactyl, right? No, I didn't. Uh, no, <laughs> no. And actually, there's a great debate right now whether it's zygodactyl or we should zygodactyl. Uh, zygodactyl. Actually, I you're going to have to go by the spelling because I've never actually said that word out oh. loud. Oh wow! And this is common for chameleon keepers. We we read these words for years, but we've never said them out loud. So when we try to say them, it <laughs> yeah. just comes out horrible. Try <laughs> try singing them, Bill. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you guys are professionals. This is no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So so then after, and I added that I promise I won't make you spoon since that stresses out the chameleons. Uh, that does. Yeah. Um. And so then we go into the chorus, and it's repeat, repeat and fade from there. Uh, sounds incredible. Well, we've decided to title this song Modern Day Magic Dragon. Which is a little homage to your opening, uh, or your closing, actually, I think, of the podcast where you called them Modern Day Dragons. Yes, yes. Uh, um, so, uh, are you ready to hear the song? Oh, I am so ready. All right. All right. Here is Modern Day Magic Dragon. A Quiet Storm Song. By Shannon and Scott. In lowlands to the Sri Lankan Isle, from Africa to Yemen and 
back I'd endure a bite or two And I'd even track your poo So you can have a gut-loaded snack Because you're my modern-day magic dragon Modern-day magic dragon Lovely lizard of my heart Lizard of my heart What wouldn't I do? What wouldn't I do to get a sweet look from you? Even just one eye is a star. From your zygodactyl toes to your prehensile tail, your extrudable tongue makes me swoon. Grip me like a branch, and I'll revamp your land. I promise you I won't make you spoon Because you're my modern-day magic dragon Modern-day magic dragon Lovely lizard of my heart Lizard of my heart What wouldn't I do? What wouldn't I do to get a sweet look from you? Even just one eye is a star Because you're my Oh my goodness, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm getting into it. Man. Oh, I'm swaying here. Yes, it's very swayable music. I, I, I may have found my beat after, <laughs> after decades of of being horrible at dancing or playing music. I, I, I finally have a beat. Yes, there you go. <laughs> it just took the song Salad Chameleon song. Yes. <laughs> it was the key. Unlocked your, your dancing potential. We're, yeah, we're time. just here to bring out the funk in people. Uh, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go tango. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different genre, different episode. Yeah. Um, listen, listening to you listen to that was probably the most rewarding playback of a song. <laughs> I think we've ever gotten. <laughs> oh, it is awesome. Yeah. I'm so it glad that you're awesome. happy with it. <laughs> We're happy with it too. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was so much fun. Oh, I cannot wait until I can uh, share this with the community. Great. Oh, so man. is that uh is that the first song ever written about chameleons? It very well may be. Uh, we Aside have a number from of, uh, Karma Chameleon. Yeah, <laughs> we have a number of songs that use the word chameleon, and right. some of them actually uh, bring in a little bit of chameleon knowledge into it. Ah. But it, it's usually used to uh, uh, refer to uh, people and their acting like chameleons or such. And sure. although I really haven't done an exhaustive search, of all the songs that may have the word chameleon in it, but well, you know uh, as what? far as I know, this is it. We do have some uh, great listeners of our podcast who have put together a Spotify playlist of music related to genres and topics we talk about here, so maybe we'll get uh, some additions to that playlist of songs about <laughs> chameleons. <laughs> so. You know, yeah. of all the things that the chameleon world has helped me discover... Um, now music, song, now music, it's, it's, it's <laughs> expanding. I am growing as a human being. 
Wow, that's more than we ever could have hoped for on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. On this silly, silly podcast. Um, you have been so generous with your time tonight, and we really want to thank you for being our guest expert tonight. And uh, if people want to find you and the podcast, where can they do that? They go to www.chameleonbreeder.com. Or else, if you're podcast okay. literate, you can just go on iTunes and type in Chameleon Breeder Podcast. There are other podcasts that come up with the word chameleon, but they are not about chameleons. <laughs> Except <laughs> no imitations. No, chameleon they do not Breeder deserve podcast. the name chameleon, yet they <laughs> have it anyways. Whoa. Is there justice? Not this time. No, not, not, not now. <laughs> well, thank you again, Bill. We really, really enjoyed having you on. I have had a blast here. This is incredible. Good. I'm so glad. Bye, Scott and Shannon. Bye. Bye. How fun was that? Guys, Bill might be the nicest human being. I'm not sure. I think he's, I was saying to Shannon, I think he's like the Bob Ross of the chameleon world. Because <laughs> when I watch Bob Ross, he always, you know, he's talking about painting and technical things. And then he throws in something that's so encouraging and life affirming and yeah. profound. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? And then he's like, and I'm using royal blue. And you're like, but go back to that whole description of like, you know, what nature means to you yeah <laughs> like, tell me again how i'm a worthy human being exactly yeah uh, <laughs> he's great the bob ross of chameleons bill strand everybody bill strand definitely check his podcast out uh just like shannon and now myself you'll be surprised uh how much you love it yeah really. <laughs> you'll really be delighted yeah. and the people that he has on are are so much fun too there's this one guy he is a chameleon expert his name is like peter nichus i think okay and his accent is like an incredible cartoon. It is like the most perfect accent. Like the way he rolls his R's is unparalleled. <laughs> like I've never heard anyone roll their R's like that. Um, and he know he can tell you every minute detail about like the dew points in like certain parts wow. of Madagascar and stuff. It's um, like being a sommelier, but with... Yes, words. exactly. Chameleon sommelier. <laughs> Not for like how they taste. But. No. You know, like knowing that, oh, this grape only grows in this humidity and this type of soil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> if you listen to Bill's podcast, please uh, subscribe to them. Please, you can follow them on Instagram if you want some pretty rad pictures of chameleons. They're pretty honestly. cool. Um, they're really cool looking. Uh, Bill sent us a couple pictures and even a little video. So um, uh, he actually sent us a video while we were recording the song when we had yeah. him on a little break of him like using that opportunity to try and get these two chameleons to mate and it did not go well they were not having it um <laughs> but now we have that video yeah so, so we'll, we'll um we'll ask him and then uh we'll try to share the pictures on our, on our twitter um yeah. and on our facebook group uh but yeah guys how yeah. fun how we, fun. we have fun we do we do have fun don't we if you want to have more fun with us, you can check out our back catalog. Mm -hmm. Songsaladpodcast.com is your resource for all things song salad, including links to our Facebook group, the produce section, and our Twitter page at Song Salad Cast. 
and our Patreon. Huzzah. Um, huzzah. Uh, if you became one of our Patreon patrons in August, there were, I think, two of you. Your stickers are in the mail. You may even have them by the time you listen to this podcast. Um, and if you are a current Patreon patron and you have not yet received a uh, song salad podcast vinyl sticker, you can send us your address if you have not done so already. Um, just get in touch with us through Patreon and we'll make sure that you get a sticker. Yes. Please rate and review and don't sue. Until next week. I'm Shannon. <laughs> and I'm Scott. <laughs> Together. We're, we're modern day magic dragons. Lovely lizard of my heart. Why the southern accent? I don't know. Because that's how I go deep. <laughs> I have to do the southern accent. <laughs> Get down in the treasure of my heart. <laughs> Thank you.